Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for the Lord moving in this place. Thank you, choir and worship team. I feel like walk worship just continues to just take awesome steps in the right direction. And I'm grateful for our worship team here at our house. Uh, Praise the Lord. I have the joy and the privilege and the challenge to lead us back into the word this morning, uh, into Ephesians chapter 4. We've been in this series, Ephesians 4, walking verse by verse through this entire book. Uh, Specifically, we are here in this chapter today. Let me go ahead and say I've been enjoying Ephesians 4, though I've been greatly challenged by it. Uh, If I had the choice, I wouldn't have picked this chapter to preach through. Uh, Yet I'm grateful for it because of what it's done in my life and continues to do and in the life of our church. And so I would just encourage you this morning to to go ahead and uh, get your seatbelt on, buckle up, because God's going to take us on a ride through. uh, We're going to try to make it through two verses. Um, We might just end up at one, but we're going to give it our best. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to be looking primarily at verses 15 and 16. We'll start in 13 and 14 to just refresh. uh, And we'll we'll make our way all the way to uh, 16. Father, I ask you now uh, to quiet and calm our hearts. You're our comfort. You're our victory. You hold us close. And so in that, God, teach us. Teach us your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear and hearts that are eager and ready to receive what you have for us out of Ephesians 4. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Starting in verse 13 and 14, the text says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children, Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And this is where we land today, this word rather. Everybody say the word rather. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen? If you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry for this word this morning, look at the person next to you and say, let's eat. Let's eat, let's eat, let's eat eat from this word uh, this morning. I wanna preach a message to you that I'm titling, when we speak up, we grow up. When people speak up, people grow up. When we speak up, we grow up. This is the message that I'm seeing come alive for me in Ephesians 4, specifically verses 15 and 16. Last week, Pastor Gary did a great job of challenging and convicting us, right, to to not just have the bib on, but to have the towel in hand, right? To be a serving church, to grow up in maturity. Now, in verse 15 here, he says, rather. We'll look at this word, we'll highlight it, rather. The word rather means to to share one's preference. Some of your translations may see the word instead or but instead of rather. So what Paul is doing here is he's transitioning our thinking. Paul's saying in 13 and 14, see, you don't want to be children 
tossed to and fro by all the waves of scripture and doctrine. And you ever been on a boat that's rocky and tossed around by waves? I, I don't know about you, but that just sounds like it's sickening or it sounds like it's uncomfortable. And Paul's saying, rather than being immature, disunified, and being childlike in your approach to maturity, what you should do is grow up. Now, here's interesting things about this. This text is teaching me how we grow up. And we learn that this teaches us it's ha- it happens through speaking. So Paul's saying, rather than just stay in point A, the way for you to go to point B is to speak and to have someone speak to you. So this word speaking, I just want to highlight it for you. The word speaking by definition means to open your mouth and say something. I know that's pretty elementary, but let's just be honest here. Speaking is a regular routine of life and of the Christian life. So when it comes to speaking, the scripture tells us that we're called to we're called to speak to God. Amen. We're called to speak to God in prayer and, and talk to him. And I would encourage you to do so because he's open to you. He's eager to hear from you. He wants to hear from you in Christ. We're called to speak to our families. Right? Husbands, speak to your wives. Wives, speak to your husbands. Parents, speak to your kids. Kids, speak to your parents. We're called to speak to each other. We're called to speak to people that are far from God. We're called to talk to people that don't know him and maybe, like we just talked about, invite them to Easter service or share with them your story or share with them your faith and invite them through speaking to them. The Apostle Paul in Romans 12 and 10, he says it like this. He says, I've aspired to speak to preach the gospel where it's never been preached. So we see, speak to God, speak to family, speak to people who don't know God. But here in Ephesians 4, this letter is written to the church and the calling is for us to now speak to each other. That that today, if you don't know Jesus, I think that you can get a lot out of this message. But this message is primarily for those who do know him. The reason why I say that is because the book of Ephesians was written to a church. So when he says here, speaking the truth in love, he's saying, dear Christian, speak to each other. Talk to each other. But the next thing that he says here, I think is equally as important. And here's what he says. What are we called to speak? Do you guys see it? Can you say it with me? Speak. Come on, one more time. Speak. One more time. The truth, right? So we're called to speak the truth. Let's just go ahead and walk through these uh, verses one word at a time. I think every word is important for our growth this morning. Speaking the truth. Now, maybe you would ask this question. Well, Pastor Hyden, I get it. I went to church and I realized, man, I'm called to speak and I'm even called to speak the truth. But maybe you'd ask this question that's been asked for centuries. What is the truth? This question has dominated history. What's truth? What is truth? How do you even know what truth is? I believe that the the Bible gives us three evidences of what truth is. And I want us to talk about each one of those briefly. If you're ready, say ready. All right, the first uh, point of what truth is, is truth is a person. Truth is a person. 
Let me go ahead and show it to you out of John chapter 1, verse 14. The scripture says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How neat is that? Think about that for a second, that the word of God was spoken and the word put skin on. And the word in that moment became flesh, became a person and dwelt among us. That the gospel writer John says, yeah, I saw the word alive. His name's Jesus. It says, we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and, say it with me, truth. Truth is a person. So remember those old dictionaries where it would have the word and a little picture next to it to define what the word is? If you were to find a dictionary and it said you looked at the word truth, it should have a little colon and then just a picture of Jesus. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. When we speak the truth, we're called to speak Jesus. Speak to people Jesus. I'll show you another verse. John 14, verse 6 reminds us here. Would y'all just read it with me off the screen? Ready? One, two, three. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one comes to the Father but through me. When I read this, I can't think of any other way to describe it other than Jesus is the truth. I mean, he simply says, I am the way and the truth. And so when I think about what is the truth, my mind instantly goes to a person. The truth is a person and his name is Jesus. And we're called, rather than to be tossed around by the waves of the world and life and doctrine, rather to be immature in our growth, immature in our unity, what we're called to do is speak the truth. And when we do that, we think about Jesus first. Now think about this. If Jesus is the truth, that means that everything he says is true, right? If Jesus is the way to God, if he's the truth about God, if he's the very life of God, what he says has to be true. Therefore, we should do, a, do, do, do uh, some justice to read this book because that's the second point of the message this morning. What is truth? Truth is a person and truth is his word. Truth is his word because if truth speaks, that word is truth. Let's talk about what his word is and how we know that his word is truth. Again, if we stay in that same gospel, we can go to a lot of different places, but I'm really feeling the gospel of John right now. We see in John chapter one, specifically in verses 14 through 16, I want you to uh, uh, see it here. Let, let's actually start in John eight. Let me just start in John eight, actually. Um, we'll go here in John eight thirty-one, thirty-two. 32. Jesus uh, is speaking to the Jews and here's what he says. He says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, we're praying for more of that. <laughs> he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Can I just take a second and just give a side point? Will y'all give me permission for that? Right, that, that Jesus is saying, my disciples are those who abide in my word that maybe this would be a good opportunity for you to check what your relationship with God's word looks like. Like this book right here, friend, this is your charging port to spiritual growth. That God wants to give you his voice, 
that God wants to give you his heart, that God wants to give you his will. He wants to give you his truth through his word. He says it like this. If you're claiming to be a disciple this morning, but your relationship with God's word is very slim and shallow, check your level of discipleship. Does that make sense? I know that that, that may be challenging because it is for me. I read this and I'm saying, hold up, am I abiding in God's word? Because that's what I need to do. He goes on and says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He says, when you get with me in my word, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna know the truth, the true truth. How do you get to know God? By knowing the truth. And the truth is his word. Are y'all following me? Come on, help me out. Are y'all following me? All right, maybe you're just downloading this and processing and taking some notes, but feel free to help me understand if you're all in the same conversation. He says, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We wanna see people experience freedom here at Walk Church. We do. We want, we want you and I want myself to experience the full freedom of Christ. And Jesus is speaking today and he's saying, Yo, you won't have it. You won't have full freedom until you get with the truth. So if you're living a lie this morning, you're not free. You need to get free by experiencing the truth. The truth is found in God's word. Let me give you one more moment. Jesus is now praying. It's the last night before he would go to the cross. And while Jesus is praying to the Father in John 17, this high priestly prayer, I would encourage you to read it sometime. It is so dynamic. He prays for unity, which we're talking about. And then he says, Father, sanctify them. Do you know who them is? Us. Point at the person next to you and say, that's you. That's you. If you're watching this online and you're a believer in Jesus, that's you. Sanctify them is the church. Sanctify, read it like this. Sanctify walk church in the truth. Your word is truth. So I couldn't say it enough. Sometimes people ask me, hey, Pastor Hyden, how'd you, how'd you get to this place? How'd you end up where you're preaching the word? How do you end up like just growing in your faith? And you know what I say? Man, I just spent a lot of time in this book. Like I've been, I spent a lot of time tattooing this book with, with some sweat and some tears and some highlighters and some markers and some pencils and some crayons. I don't care. Just give it to me. I just want to get in this book, amen? You can read it. And you can grow. But if you don't read it, you won't grow. I, I wish I had a, a solution. I wish there was like a quick fix. You know how people say that you got to see on TV, they like put this little shaker around your stomach and it's just gonna vibrate. And then all of a sudden you're gonna lose weight. It's like an easy way to like, I don't know if those things work or not, but there's no easy way for the word. Besides getting in the book and creating discipline to hear from God because God is a God who speaks and the truth will set you free. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. I, I've, I've had some conversations in my life where I've heard people share with me things like, you know what, Pastor Hyden? I really wanna know the will of God for my life. Can you help me know the will of God for my life? I really wanna just, I just want God's will for my family. I just want God's will for my future. I just wanna see God's will take place. Maybe you've prayed that prayer. And you know what I sometimes ask people? You sure you want that? Because God's will for your life is found in God's word for your life. 
Let me give you that defining reality. You can write it down. God's will for your life is found in God's word for your life. That you won't ever know quite what direction to take if you don't hear it first in his word. That God is a God who speaks and he's so clear and good and big that he speaks to us and he confirms things to us in his book. So sometimes I'm like, are you sure you want God's will for your life? Because God's will for your life is revealed in God's word for your life and God's word for your life is telling you to stop doing what you're doing. And then people are like, oh, I probably should have read that. And that's how we help each other because not everybody knows. There has, there has been countless, church family, hear me, times in my life where spiritual leaders in my life have said, Hayden, I want to reveal some truth to you. And I didn't see it. I didn't know it. I, it was a blind spot in my life. And through hearing that from leaders in my life, I've been able to grow. When we speak up, we grow up. We speak truth. So truth is Jesus. It's a person. Truth is the word. We have it here. Let me give you the last point of truth. Truth is the gospel. Truth is the gospel. Gospel meaning good news. And I think if we're going to major on any of these points, all three are right and true. But man, this one right here is so important. That we should major around this phrase, the gospel. I don't want the gospel to be a cliche buzzword in our lives. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we believe in the gospel. But do we? What is the gospel? What is gospel truth? I like how Paul describes it in Ephesians 1, verse 13. Look at this verse with me. We, we unpacked this like two years ago. So if you want to find it, go to walkchurch.com, Ephesians chapter 1. A long time ago, we read this. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, what's the word of truth? The gospel of your salvation. The word of truth is the reality that I, Haydn, was once dead in my sin, a slave to this world, a slave to my flesh. My sin controlled me. It controlled what I did, thought, and said. But today, I've received God through Christ as my Savior. He sent his son Jesus to live the life I couldn't live. Perfection. He sent his son to die the death that I deserved to die the cross. He sent his son to blast out of the grave and rise from the grave, the resurrection. And when I put my faith in him, God no longer sees me as hiding the sinner. He sees me as hiding the little Christ, the saint, because the gospel saved me. Amen. Is that anybody else's story? I guess it's just mine. I guess I'm the only one that has experienced the truth of the gospel. I would encourage you to receive that message if you never received it. Man, that's so good. You know what that's called grace to receive the grace of the gospel which is truth and that's something that I would encourage you to to ponder on and and take hold of and speak it speak it to one another speak it to people speak it and encourage people and say man I want to speak to you about something it's my story it's the gospel God saved me when I was dead and he can save you too so we speak the gospel. So we're called to speak the truth. As we look back at Ephesians 4, verses 15, it says, rather speaking the truth 
And now let's look into this next point. Say that with me. In love. Come on, one more time. Say it loud. In love. In love. love. I I, I so, so often find in Christianity, it's like people have a leaning. Some people love to lean toward the truth. It's like, yo, what about the truth? Like when I was talking about all that truth, you were like, yes. And then there's other people that love to lean, but what about love? Come on, it's all about love. And now when I, when I highlighted love, you're like, yes. But can I just speak something to you? They are the same coin. The same token says truth and love. You can't have biblical truth unless it's accompanied by biblical love. And you can't have biblical love unless it's accompanied by biblical truth. Amen? I'm going to clap with you. Yeah, that's so good. And that's so true. We need both. So in our speaking of the truth, we never compromise the speaking of the truth. We speak the truth in love. Now, maybe you would ask this question today. Well, what's love? Because love is defined by culture in different ways. Love is defined in the Bible even in different ways. Right, the three different loves, phileo love, eros love, and agape love. The Greek word in in, in Ephesians 4 is speaking the truth in agape. Speaking the truth in unconditional love. Now you would say, okay, well help help me see how that looks. What does it look like for me to speak truth in love? The best definition that I've found for what love is, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, you've probably heard these verses shared at a wedding before, but I want to share them at church today. Amen? You know why? Because these words were written to a church. This letter is for church, and let's look at it together. Would y'all read it with me? Ready? We're going to read it slow. Love is patient and kind. Let's just stop right there, man. We could do a whole sermon on those two, couldn't we? Love is patient. So in our truth speaking, be truthful, but be patient. Doesn't just happen right away sometimes. And for those who are drivers and want to see things happen in the moment, this is a word for you this morning. Be patient. Your truth speaking may lead to fruit down the road. Amen? Have you ever planted a seed and seen it grow in the moment? I'm still, Joey, I'm looking for that one still. I'll tell you what, I've seen some stuff grow over patience. How about our worship team, right? That, talk about just growth, patience. We've, used, we've had one or two people up here before. Now I couldn't even count how many people were up here. And it's because God is a growing God and his patience is so good and kind to us. And he calls us to love people with patience and kindness. How about this? Love does not envy or boast. When you're speaking truth to people, and you start to sense a spirit of envy or boasting, you've lost love. Can I just say that honestly? Love has left the room. Love is not arrogant. Can I get an amen to this one? Love is not rude. In your truth speaking, make sure you're not rude speaking because truth is accompanied by love. How about this? It does not insist on its own way. Can I highlight that for a second? It's love does not insist on its own. This word might save a marriage in this place today. Look, it does not insist on its own way. 
sometimes you have to be able to say, look, here's my way, but because I love you, I'm, I'm going to deny my own way. And we're going to work on this thing together. And in church, we need to love each other, not with our own ways, but with his truth in front of us, in love. The truth will set you free when you set people free with love. I'll tell you what, I've been in so many conversations, Walk Church, where I've, where I've wanted to say, you know, my opinion or my feeling or I think, but my thoughts never set anybody free. My opinion never set anybody free. Only the truth can set you free. And that's why we're called to free people, amen? And we do that with the truth and love in front of us. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, say it with me, but rejoices with the truth. Love and truth go hand in hand, church family. We love people by sharing them the truth. We share truth with people by loving them. I couldn't overstate this message if I, if, I could, if I had the chance to, I would just shout this because it's so important for us to live these principles. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. How about this one? Endures all things. Love never ends. Love never ends. I want to highlight that, right? This, this idea that love rejoices with the truth. In our truth sharing, friend, let's be loving. It's when we love people with the truth. Remember what truth is. Jesus, the gospel, and the word. When we love people with the truth, we grow up. Our church will be strengthened and will grow together. But when we miss love, we're gonna be stagnant. When we love but don't love with the truth, we're gonna be soft. There's never gonna be true growth. It's gonna be flabby. But Jesus is saying, no, I want you to grow. And that happens through speaking the truth in love. I was reading this commentary from F.F. Bruce. He writes this about Ephesians 4, verse 15. He says, the confession of the Christian faith can be cold and indeed unattractive if it is not accompanied by the spirit of Christian love. Have you ever felt that before? Too often we battle with each other. It's like we're, 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 we're fighting against each other when in reality we're on the same team. And we should be speaking to each other in love and in love receiving what we're speaking to each other so that we can make war with the enemy and grow up. I saw this clip on Facebook recently and it challenged me. It, it was a, a clip and at the top of it, it said, we spend too much time fighting against each other and we don't even see the enemy coming. And the clip showed, it was, a, it was in a, a forest, and it showed two deers kind of going warring at each other and bucking each other and wrestling with each other. And from a far distance, you could see something getting closer, and it was a lion running full speed toward them. And there was a bunch of other animals watching these two deers fight against each other. And all the other animals ended up just scurrying away, but the two deers didn't see them leaving because they were just focused on each other. And that lion was going full speed, but they never took time to just see it. And the last second they looked over and it was too late. Pounced on one of them. But too often we do that in the church where we're having battles against each other 
instead of receiving truth and love toward each other and making war with the enemy. The enemy is trying to distract. The enemy is trying to steal. The enemy is trying to destroy. And that's unattractive. That's cold. And that's why we need the truth and we need his love. Let's continue reading before we, uh, we close this out. I want to just read the second half of verse 15. It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. I love this phrase right here, every way. Can, can you just say every way? Every. Come on, louder. Say every way. Every way. every way. See, I don't want us to just grow in some ways. Sometimes people tell me that. Man, well, I'm growing in this area, and I say, I know, but God wants you to grow every way. Too often our, our churches kind of look like this picture. This is defining reality number two. I'll pull up a picture on the screen. Come on, this is the, this is the message for today. Friends, don't let friends skip leg day, all right? Do any of my weightlifters in the room feel me on that? Come on now, don't be shy. You can talk back at church. A real friend speaks to their friend and says, yo, you got to do the other things too. You can't always just do one part of the body. For the body to grow up, you need a holistic workout. You need to work out the upper body and the lower body. And we happen to see that happen when we speak truth in love. By speaking to each other, we see people grow up. You can't just show up. You got to show up and speak up and in doing so, you grow up. So we don't look like this in the church. We don't look really truth heavy, but very short, shallow on love. We don't look very love heavy. Everything goes, everything flows. It doesn't matter what you do. We look skinny down here. But we need to have a strong base in our upper and lower body. Friend, the only way that happens if we speak to each other in love. And sometimes that requires tough conversations. It does. Sometimes it requires really healthy and good challenging conversations. Like for example, I just talked to some of our team members. I was speaking to Jason, who's our worship leader. And a few weeks ago, he mentioned to one of our choir team members up here, Christina. He just said, hey, Christina, can I speak the truth over you? And she said, sure. And he began to speak truth over her smile, over her uh, leadership, over her walk with Jesus, over her gifts that she didn't even know she had. And all of a sudden he said, you know what? Can I challenge you to join the choir? And she said, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm ready for that type of step in my walk. And she was up there singing today and did a great job, amen? Come on, right? Was leading well. And it's because he spoke up with love that she was able to grow deeper in her walk with Jesus. Let's not just stay here. Let's have holistic strength together through speaking to each other. I'm gonna close this message just with a few Proverbs because I think the Proverbs uh, speak to this point really well and it's the book of wisdom and we should learn from wisdom. Look at these Proverbs together with me just really quick. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. When we speak to each other, are you speaking life or are you speaking death? That's always a good question to ask when you go into a tough conversation. 
Even if you're challenging or correcting somebody, do it in a life-giving way. Never in a death-giving way. Another verse that we see also in the book of Proverbs is Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. That just sounds bad, doesn't it? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. That let us heal people in our truth speaking. Truth speaking sets people free. Truth speaking heals people done rightly. Here's a picture. Here's a picture. Are you more like a butcher in your truth speaking or more like a surgeon in your truth speaking? A butcher just whacks. A surgeon is very careful and gentle. Same mission. Still going to cut you. But different approach, amen? Sometimes in order for a person to receive healing, they need to be cut to get the infection out, right? And what happens then, if you do it right, is you'll see people experience healing and freedom. And man, from Nina and I, that's our heart for our church. And I would love for us to have a culture here where people are speaking truth to each other in Christ-like love, and we all start growing stronger together, amen? A couple more Proverbs, I'm stepping off. Proverbs 28, verse 23 says, in the end, notice what that says there, patience, in the end. People appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. Did y'all hear that? No, nobody amen that. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you don't believe it. But I would encourage you to believe the truth. The truth will set you free. People in the end, maybe not today, you might share truth with somebody and they might get so upset with you, they might stomp out of here. But if you do it with love, you can bank on his word that in the end, people will appreciate honest criticism far more than flattering them with something that's not truth. Amen? That's not easy. I wouldn't have picked it if, I didn't, if it wasn't in front of me. But I believe it's true. The last proverb is this. Proverbs 27, verse 5. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Let's not hide love. Let's not hide our love because we don't want to speak truth. It's actually better to rebuke somebody with love and patience and kindness and gentleness than to say, you know what, I don't want to do it because I just want to love them. Sometimes people have said, hey, man, can't you just let the Holy Spirit do it? And here's what I oftentimes say. The Holy Spirit will do it through you. The Holy Spirit lives in his church. Amen. Jim Cimbala says it like this in his book, Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire. The old saying is true. If you have only the word, you dry up. If you have only the spirit, you blow up. If you have both, you grow up. And my prayer for us at Walk Church is we'd be spirit-filled. We would be word-driven. We would be saturated with love. And we would live out Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 which says, rather than just being children tossed around by the waves of the world and doctrine, that we would grow up by speaking the truth in love and in every way, up and down and all around, we would grow in Christ. Amen.
Amen.